disruption is here. It's going to be with us. It's a new way of life for us to live. We just went through the mother of all disruptions, and I hope that we don't have to ever go through something like that in the future, but we will be going through something else. So we need to change the mindset that disruption is now the norm, but we still need to implement these solutions that help us look at the value. We need to implement these solutions that help us meet that challenge so that we know what the demand is. We can plan for the demand. We can promote the way that the consumer wants to be contacted and that they will buy our product. Welcome to the Future of Consumer and Resale podcast by SAP. In the second episode of this two-part series, we're offering practical strategies, tactics, and takeaways from the 2022 Promotion Optimization Institute Spring Hybrid Summit held in Chicago. I'm Matt Gardner, here with my colleagues John Buckley, Tiran Avdar, John Dano, and Sonny Neely, all of us part of SAP's Consumer Industries Advisory Practice. Stay tuned for concise takeaways on holistic enterprise management, advanced analytics, promotional optimization, and more from interviews with leading executives across the consumer products industry. So let's get into some of the unique enterprise plans we heard about at the show. John Dano, were there any new strategies or tactics you found meaningful for our audience? Thanks, Matt. We talked in the first episode around a lot of the challenges that were going on. So let's get into some of these strategies. The first one is a theme that John Buckley covered well, this concept of end-to-end capability. There's advantages if you're looking to digitize certain parts of your business to go with point or niche solutions. But the problem is today's business needs, you need to be agile. You need to be a connected enterprise. And to achieve that, you need to have systems that allow for cross-functional collaboration. You need to have end-to-end connected processes, connected data, and systems, and ideally all connected to a very strong digital core for end-to-end optimization, which was a theme that was talked about quite a bit throughout the conference. So we heard this same idea or concept or strategy from a lot of the CPG firms there, such as George Pacific, Bimbo Bakery, Hershey, thinking about their strategy from an end-to-end connected business process, not specifically trying to solve one particular problem that doesn't take into consideration the overall concept and value that a connected enterprise can give you. So there's a whole lot more power in things that can be connected across the value chain, and it will give you the ability to tolerate some of the challenges even better that we're facing today. Yeah, one of the interesting things about the connected enterprise and the importance of simplifying the landscapes of system to enable the connectivity. If you think about the deployment stage where companies try to implement the solutions, one of the advantages with simplifying the landscape is that you basically enable yourself to get to market faster. If you get a solution where multiple systems are already tightly connected, that really simplifies the process of implementation. It keeps things simple and it also increases the resiliency of the solution. Integration between different systems is possible. It's great, but it also can break easily. And when you run systems with millions of dollars in ordering, etc., you really want something resilient. So that's another area that we heard from customers where it seems like there's a trend to try and simplify the landscape and go with connected solutions. The other thing that I noticed about the deployment was the importance of the global template. Uh, global template is the concept of trying to develop templates that will be applicable for all markets and that can help with reducing the cost and time of implementation. But there's a challenge with that because you cannot have one size fits all. 
what's good for more traditional markets for one region in the world that not necessarily will find it. Even within regions, there's differences in sales processes and execution. So there's a shift to really work on regional template and adjusting those based on each country. And the other thing that I noticed was important in terms of deployment is the change management and the governance. Very important to ensure that you engage all areas of the organization when you deploy something. And when you do a niche solution, you are most likely setting yourself to end up with a silo, right? But if you already up from the implementation stage, bring different areas of the organization to work together, you're really putting yourself in a position where you're enabling collaboration long-term. So that's very important. I'm just sitting back, listening to the two of you go over what some of the strategies were that we heard at the session and making me think through a bunch of discussions that I had and messages that I heard. And I can't say it enough. We talked about the integration and the data exchange. That was a key topic of what happened here at POI. Customers were talking about it. Customers were concerned about it. One thing that we can all agree on is that things are changing rapidly, whether it's disruption or consumer behavior or how we're doing our trade. But I think some of the key things that we heard during the session was this integration is important. Whether it's geographical is what Tiran just got done saying, whether it's one part of the, the world having their planning going on with another part of the world how the two need to connect together, or whether it's what Dano said from demand planning into marketing or that aspect, that integration. And one thing that I was fortunate enough to do is I facilitated an interview panel with Georgia Pacific. Chad Watson and Jason Rexroth sat up on stage with me, and I was able to pick their brain a little bit for those that were listening in. And I asked them, what were you looking for? What was your strategy when you were trying to find a solution for you? And the thing that they came up with that resonated very well with me is that integration, that ability to have systems talk to each other, solutions share information, solutions share data, because it was critical for them to make faster, more real-time decisions because the industry was changing at such a rapid rate. And we joked amongst ourselves saying several years ago, we all heard about what big data was and we all say, oh, wow, here we got all this big data. Well, I tell you what, that big data now has grown into bigger data and there's more information that's sitting out there for us to use and to make a better decisions. And sometimes that can clog up the decision-making process as well. So again, I get back to how important it is for the integration standpoint, but also make sure that your solutions talk to each other. Again, that's where GP highly pointed out that SAP provides a competitive advantage in that area where our solutions do talk with each other and it's allowing them to make faster business decisions. Yeah, it really highlights to me how companies that are not taking these steps, they just don't have visibility. Without some level of moving in this direction, even over time, just having reasonable steps in the direction technology is moving in anyway. I think of cloud technology and APIs and integrations. It's that those frameworks, and I know we're seeing this in a lot of conversations we have with retailers and with consumer products companies, ensuring all the communication across systems is robust and can be configured as new things are brought into the mix. And having a common language to make sure that's possible. If those steps aren't being taken, then they're being left behind. It's like the momentum in a way of the train that is the current trends in the market are necessitating people to have ways of speeding up to keep up with the trend. And I just really love the examples here of the strategies of how all of that fits together. Sonny, any strategies or tactics that you found meaningful from the conference? 
I had a really interesting aha moment when I was watching this presentation where a couple of people on the panel were from Tyson Foods and also from ASR, which is a sugar refinery that has brands such as Domino. And their main take was you've got to be flexible with your trade spend as it relates to supply availability and, and fluctuations in the market. A couple of examples. Tyson said that they've seen major fluctuation with the pandemic. Completely understandable. I mean, their restaurant business, since no one could go out, went way down almost to nothing, right? And then their retail went way up as so many people were eating in home. And so the trade spending that they had to make on that retail was massive. Obviously, there was a lot more demand. So they had to balance the demand incentive the trade was creating with the natural demand that was taking place. But it was really interesting how flexibility in trade vis-a-vis supply was so critical. Another thing is they just in general are going to be thinking about their stock because they've got a short shelf life. You're talking about their fresh meat. They've got to be thinking about investing in their retailers, but it's not like a traditional trade spend with a center store, long lifespan type product. They've got to be thinking about the supply and not over or under investing it from a trade perspective. So that flexibility that Tyson showed, I thought was really interesting. And then another example, of course, was ASR Domino, the sugar company seasonal business. So, so much happens in terms of baking sugar, so much happens during the holidays. And while they're trying to use trade to incentivize demand throughout the rest of the year, they have to pull way back and not promote during the holidays because their base demand is so high. So I think it's really interesting how trade goes hand in hand with supply. And, you know, you can't have a trade management system that sort of operates independently from your demand and your supply chain. Really interesting take there. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sonny. Let's talk big picture now. If there was a key takeaway for listeners to apply in their business, what do consumer and retail executives need to know? Tiran, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, two key messages. One is to ensure that whatever you're planning for your strategy and your trade plans, that it's really executed nearly to perfection when it comes to the storage. You invest a lot in defining a strategy, planning all the trades, It's key to ensure that the products will be in the store at the right place at the right time. We still see issues where significant amounts of investment made towards promotion and trades and products are not in the store. And we think that's very important, especially these days where pricing inflation definitely puts pressure on consumers, influencing their buying behavior, reducing their purchasing power. Consumers are being forced to rethink their buying habits. So it's key to ensure that promotions and pricing is right, not only at the planning stage, but also on the shelf itself. Thank you. Dano, any thoughts as well on this? Key takeaways for listeners. So put yourself in the mind of the consumer a year ago. What was in their minds? It was all about product availability. And for the consumer products company, it was the challenge to meet that demand. And it was a significant challenge. Now you start to think about how is that shifting? And it's the shift to value and consumers are now not in the same position they were where they perhaps were in a little more of an advantageous space to be able to acquire products to purchase. That shift to saving money, that's where promotions are key. And the consumer being able to present the threat of going elsewhere, brand loyalty is key. So you have to engage the consumer, you have to connect them with the right promotions. And that's the only way you're going to really get through the headwinds from the past and going forward. Because the reality is that value is now key to the consumer, right? That shift is happening, but the availability problem still exists. Supply chain issues persist as well. 
and continue to raise prices. We see about what's going on in China in terms of their economy being shut down still because of COVID. Those implications are real and it's going to have availability challenges. So now you have to look at it. The consumer products company is getting squeezed at both ends from availability, but now the consumer isn't so oblivious to pricing and they just want to get the product off the shelf. Now they're being choiceful. So that means you have to start to invest in end-to-end business process to meet the challenges of availability at the supply chain level and the challenges of the choiceful consumer seeking value. And somewhere in the middle is a connected end-to-end business transformation that needs to happen to make sure that you can meet the demands on both ends. And digital capability has a very strong play to be able to support these consumer products going forward to meet those end-to-end challenges. You made a comment right there, and I, I wrote it down because I thought it was interesting. Your comment was a challenge to meet the demand. This gets back to my story with Georgia Pacific. One of the things that I learned from them, believe it or not, they implemented their trade promotion solution right in the middle of the pandemic. They actually started implementing this in March. And I think all of us as consumers can realize what toilet paper was during that time frame of March to August or so. And we were trying to figure out where and how much to buy and where we could buy it and all of that. They were right at the heart of this, but yet they implemented their solution in the midst of a disruption. And I think all of us have said, maybe not directly, but disruption is here. It's going to be with us. It's a new way of life for us to live. We just went through the mother of all disruptions. And I hope that we don't have to ever go through something like that in the future, but we will be going through something else. So we need to change the mindset that disruption is now the norm, but we still need to implement these solutions that help us look at the value. We need to implement these solutions that help us meet that challenge so that we know what the demand is. We can plan for the demand. We can promote the way that the consumer wants to be contacted and that they will buy our product. That's a challenge that we've had for years and years. As long as I've been in the business, that's been that challenge is how do we get that product in front of the consumer and then get them to buy it. It's just that now we have to do that under so many different circumstances. And the second thing about that that we get to is that when you do implement in disruption time periods, like with the past two years, you need to be creative with how do you measure success. There's been a generic formula for when you implement a solution for trade promotion is what's my trade spend versus the volume that I get back. Well, in an unprecedented amount of demand, when you can't really forecast or can't plan what your demand is, how do you know if your trade's working or not? Did you even need to spend trade? So Companies need to take a step back out of this, understand the new reality that's in front of them, and then figure out creative ways that they can see, did my trade planning solution work with my advanced planning solutions within supply chain? And did those work with my financial system? You need to look at it and measure success in maybe a different way than we've ever done before. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Sunny, any key takeaways, again, for consumer and retail executives, things that they can apply right now in their business in the face of the current state of the industry? First of all, integration was key. I would say integrating point solutions is more difficult. You know, you've got lots of different solutions. It's more difficult than working with larger solution sets that can help you create that natural integration. You know, MarTech and trade management tech stacks are too complex. And in many cases, companies are only using half or a little bit more than half of the functionality. And that's a big waste, particularly as we're going into these high cost, high inflation future months or perhaps years where there's so much uncertainty. But I think to part, I would say three things. One, you have to work with vendors who will strategically partner to grow and adapt with you. Managing revenue growth, trade management, this is not a one-off solution. 
It's part of a long-term strategy that CPGs create in those joint business plans that they're going to deliver with the retail customers. Consider advancing capabilities in your organization because you need to contain cost and gain flexibility for some of the uncertainty we're facing. Things like route optimization, activity prioritization, and of course, data management and reporting. There are vendors that have advanced these areas to include AI, other attributes, and they're utilizing advanced technology. And that is what can give your team and your company a competitive edge moving forward. Thanks, Sonny. And cheers, everyone. This was a really concise summary of key highlights from the event, and it concludes our two parts in the series. Thank you all for sharing actionable takeaways for listeners and for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And thanks, guys. Really enjoyed the discussion. And I think it's clear we just had a lot of great takeaways from this conference and look forward to connecting with you guys again in the future. Hey, thanks, Matt. I'll tell you, I love that you do this podcast. I'm proud to be a part of it. And I'm proud to do this with my colleagues. A great conversation and beneficial insights for everyone out there listening. Yep, same here. Thanks, Dana. And great session, Matt. Pleasure to be with you all here. Yeah, I appreciate that. And thanks again for the inclusion on this. This is my first podcast and I look forward to maybe doing some more in the future. So thanks to my colleagues who are on the call. Thanks for attending the conference along with me. I learn from you every time we get together. And Matt, just a special call out to you. Thanks for facilitating this and allowing us to share our learnings that we had from this successful POI conference in Chicago. Thanks so much. In this second episode of this two-part series, we shared top strategies, tactics, and takeaways from the 2022 Promotion Optimization Institute Spring Hybrid Summit held in Chicago. To take the conversation deeper, review the show notes for key resources, upcoming webinars, and more. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to sharing again with you in the future.